Now it's time to get into the Word. My heart's been burdened lately to preach this message tonight. And in a little while, I'll tell you why. But uh, the title of this message is Whosoever. That's the title. And in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. What's whosoever mean? It means anybody, doesn't it? Anybody can be saved. Anybody can be born again if they come to Christ. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says this, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but He is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. How many? All. All. And my burden tonight is this. There's teaching out there which says that no one has a choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Everybody is just predestined. Some are predestined to heaven. Some predestined to hell. It's not voluntary. No free will. No free choice. And this teaching is called predestination. And sometimes they call it hyper-Calvinism. And this teaching says that some people were born predestined to heaven. And others were born predestined to hell. It's the luck of the draw. It's like winning the lotto. Some get lucky and they get to go to heaven. And others are on their way to hell with no choice. You know, I've been coming here to the Cass County Jail for over 26 years. And here's what I see in the Word of God, and this is what I preach. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I preach Second Peter 3, chapter 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but long-suffering to us, not willing to any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If, if I would believe that type of doctrinal statement that no one has a choice, would I even be here tonight? I'd probably sit in front of the television, just sit back, have a bowl of ice cream, watch TV. 
Why? Everybody's predestined to where they're going to go with no choice. But I don't believe that doctrine. I'm going to show you out of the Word of God what God says. So I want you to really listen to what my message is tonight because it's Scripture, not hearsay, okay? This is what the Word of God says. And you listen to it and you decide on your own what you think. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, this is Jesus himself talking. And he's looking over the city of Jerusalem. And he's burdened with the people in the city in Jerusalem. And he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killed the prophets and stoned them which are sent to you. And he says, How often would I have gathered you as my children together? And even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And he says, And you would not. So Jesus is talking, comparing his caring. You ever see a chicken that has little chicks? And anytime there's danger, Mother Hen, she, she puts her wings out. And the little ones come running underneath of a hawk come by. And she's going to give her life for them baby chicks. And here's Jesus. He says, I care about you so much. And I've sent your prophets to you to tell you about me. And my love. And how many times would I have gathered you together, even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings? And he says, and you would not. Doesn't that give you a choice? He says, and you would not come to me. And in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24 through 33 you see if people have a choice or not here. Here's what the Word of God says. Because I have called and you refused and have stretched out my hand and no man regardeth it, but I have not listened to counsel and did not want reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when you, your fear comes. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when your distress and anguish come up upon you, the Lord, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not listen to me. <clears throat> they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. They refused to listen. 
and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quit from fear of evil. So you have a choice. It says in verse 24, because I have called and you refused. And in verse 29, it says, and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They did not choose the Lord. So they had a choice and refused the Lord. And in Genesis chapter 2, God told Adam, you can eat of every tree in the Garden of Eden. Every tree. But it goes on, it says, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you cannot eat of, because you shall surely die. Do you believe that? That, that tree, the fruit on that tree was poisonous? I don't believe it was poisonous because when it, in Genesis it said God made everything good, okay? I believe He put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden so they would have a choice to choose and follow Him or go their own way. And we know what choice they made. Adam and Eve choose the wrong choice. They didn't obey God. They had a free will. God did not program them. Let me compare it like this. Let's say you're a father here tonight. And you've been working all day. And you come home and you open up the front door and you have kids. And them kids come running to their dad. And they're smiling. And they say, I love you, dad. And they give you a big hug. Wow, isn't that awesome? But what if... You could program your kids to love you. You put a computer chip in those kids that they have to love you. Would it mean the same? Would, would that love mean anything at all? When love is not voluntary, it really isn't love at all, is it? So... What would your choice be with your kids? Would you like to just program to be a robot? To, to do everything you told them to do? Or would you want them to have a free will to love you on their own? A choice. And you know, we have a loving, caring, holy, and just God of the Bible. What do you think he would prefer of his children? Wouldn't you think he'd want our love to be voluntary than put a computer program chip in us? He loved us so much, he gave us a choice. He loved us so much, he died on that cross for each and every one of us. Even on a cross, or. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
No greater love ever shown than our Heavenly Father coming down, living on this earth 33 years and voluntarily going on the cross when He could have just destroyed everybody to ashes if He wanted to. But He allowed them to nail Him on the cross because of love. It was voluntary. And you know, you look in Ezekiel 28, verse 15 through 18, it talks about Lucifer. You know about Lucifer, Satan. It says he was the top angel. And it says, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. God created him perfect. And it says, until sin was found in him. He must have had a free will. And I'll show you in the Word of God what his free will was. It's in Isaiah chapter 14. Starts with verse 12 through 14. I'll read his sin. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? For you have said in your heart, listen, when you use the word I, I all the time, that's a prideful thing, okay? Me, 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 I, I. Well, here's what Lucifer says. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. I'm going to be God, is what he was saying. And here's what God's reply was. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. But Satan had a choice. And you look in Revelations 12, verse 3 through 9, it talks about a third of the angels fell with Satan. They decided to follow Satan. So they, even the angels had a choice. Lucifer was 100% responsible for his sin. And he had a choice. The bad choice. That was the first sin there ever was with Lucifer. Then we go on. People say God doesn't give anybody a choice. Uh, look in the book of Jonah in chapter 3, verse... Uh, 1 through 10, and God's given uh, a wicked city of Nineveh a choice. He told Jonah to go to that wicked city and preach that if they didn't repent in 40 days, he was going to destroy that city. And you know, when he preached, that city repented. 120,000 people, they repented and got right with God. And it says in there that God changed His mind about destroying that city because they repented. They had a choice. He gave them a choice. And they listened.
In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, this is what Joshua says. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And Joshua says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did Joshua have a choice? Did he tell the other people of Israel they had a choice? Absolutely they had a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold back the, the truth of righteousness, because that which may be known of God, for God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. God's saying, you can know there is a God by looking at nature. Look at the hummingbirds. Can man make a hummingbird? They're, they're designed with that long beak to go into special flowers. God designed that. Did sharks evolve? You look at how a shark is designed. It's a killing machine. It's a stealth killing machine. God designed these things in nature. They didn't evolve. It's like this watch I'm wearing. If you found that on the beach, would you think it evolved over millions and billions of years and it evolved into a watch? You wouldn't believe that. How could anybody believe that my eyeball, which no human can make, evolved? The eyeball is very complicated. If it evolved into an eye, how useful is an eye until it's fully developed? If it evolved over billions and millions of years trying to evolve itself into an eye, it's stupidity. It was designed by a creator. Our whole body is uniquely made. But he's saying that we're without excuse because we can look at nature and see. And if we were, are without an excuse, that means that we have a choice, right? To accept Him or reject Him. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain. You know what vain is? That's pride, isn't it? Pride in yourself. They became vain in their own imaginations. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise. That's another pride, isn't it? When you say you're wise. Professing themselves to be wise. The Lord said they became fools. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into images made like corruptible man. 
and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. See, when we believe in evolution, we're worshiping creation rather than the Creator. And it says we're, we're worshiping and serving the creature rather than the, than the Creator. And, and man makes these things and worships them things. And now, I think the latest, greatest thing that man worships that he makes is cell phones. Huh? Everybody's got to have it. They're walking down the street running in the telephone poles. There's a lady that was texting on her phone and walked right off the pier at St. Joe. People, If people read their Bible as much as they're texting and walking around with their phones, they would be super close to God. But we choose to worship the creations rather than the Creator that made us. And don't you think He gets jealous that, that the Bible says He is a jealous God. And He made us. And He loved us. And died on the cross for us. And we're spending more time texting and driving and all that kind of stuff than even give acknowledge that God even ex exists. So we are without excuse. And in the book of Luke, it talks about a choice. Luke chapter 18, verse 18, it starts this. There's a certain ruler asked Jesus, saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He's asking Jesus how to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me good? There's only one that's good, and that is God. Thou know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. That's what Jesus told him. And the rich ruler says, and he said, All these things I've kept from my youth. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said back to him, You lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute unto the poor, and you shall have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. Or Jesus gave him a choice right there, didn't he? He said, sell all you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And here's his reply. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was a very rich man. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hard shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard this saying said, who can be saved then? 
And Jesus said, The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. So it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. As long as your heart's right and humble yourself for Jesus. I know some rich people that love Jesus Christ and they give money to the missionaries. Their heart is right. They're willing to give all they have for Jesus Christ. So that's the difference between some rich people and this young ruler. He wasn't willing to give it up. He had a choice. And Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 10, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Proverbs chapter 2 says this, My son, if you will receive my word, and the word if is conditional, you know what I'm saying? The word is if. That's a choice. My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments in thee, so that thou incline your ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, and if you crieth after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, and if you seek it, as silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then shall thou understanding the fear of the Lord you'll have reverence for the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord is giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous so the word if is in there like three times. If you will do this, if you will do that, that's a choice. It's conditional. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. If you will hear His voice, there's a difference between will and can't. If you can't hear His voice, it's one thing. But He's saying, if you will hear, if you will listen to Me, harden not your heart. And it goes on. Hebrews verse 12 and 15 through 15. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. I urge one another daily, it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Don't harden your hearts because of the deceitfulness of your sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. And you know, the more you hear the Word of God, 
and you don't respond to God's Word, the Bible says your heart becomes hardened, more callous to the Word of God. So when you hear the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart, it's time to yield to Him and get right with Him. God says, harden not your heart. So that's a choice. Harden not your heart. Maybe you're here tonight and your heart becomes more bitter and hardened as the years go on. Maybe you've been in here and your heart becomes harder. It can. You see all the trash going on in life and other guys treating other people bad. Sometimes you become bitter and you become hardened. But Jesus says, harden not your heart. If you will hear me, harden not your heart. Maybe you've made some wrong choices in your life and are catching up with you. That's why you're in here tonight. Maybe you made wrong choices and that's why you're here. And you know, without Jesus Christ, you can become miserable, you can become down, you can become depressed with no hope, no hope at all. And I want to read what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is what Jesus says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many? All. Huh? Come unto me, all that you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. We all need rest for our soul, don't we? We struggle with that. We need rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Romans 5, 8 says this, But God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. It says, By the, the sin of one man, that's Adam, judgment came upon all men. All men. Into condemnation. But by the righteousness of one, that's Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life, eternal life. The free gift came upon all men. Good stuff. Romans 6, 23. It says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, it's a gift. Did you hear that? For the wages of sin is death, 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What do you have to do to get a gift? You have to receive it. I'm going to give Angel. Angel, come up here. I got a gift for you. Hey. Okay, what did he do? He received it. Go sit down. Thank you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> did he have a choice to come up here or not? Okay, that was a free gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a free gift. It means it's a choice. Huh? Romans 10.9 says this, if thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Here's that word if in there again. If is conditional. More or less saying, if you will. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is over all and all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I ask you tonight, are you a whosoever? Have you asked Jesus Christ in your heart to be your Lord and your Savior? It's your choice. Like I say, I've been coming here 26 years. And I've talked to a lot of guys here over these years. And I want to share, I tell this story about every time I'm here because it has a lot of wisdom in it and it might help you tonight. I talked to a lot of guys and they asked me, Gary, what can I do to never come back to this jail again? Help me, what can I do? And I tell them this story because a lot of guys in and out, in and out, in and out. They say, I'm never coming back here, but they're back here. And here's the story about an old missionary back in the cowboy Indian days. And he'd ride on horseback going from Indian village to Indian village with his big old Bible. He had a burden for the Indian people. And he'd go wherever he could to share the gospel to the Indian people. And one night, he was talking to an Indian chief, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Indian chief made a choice. He asked Jesus Christ into his heart to be his Lord and his Savior.
And the missionaries, all right, excited. The guy's on his way to heaven. He's glad about that. Two days later, the missionary goes to other villages. He's gone for months. And he finally comes back. And he's sitting by the fire one night with the Indian chief that came to Christ. And he asked the Indian chief, how is it being a Christian now? And the Indian chief said this. He says, you know, I have that peace that I never had before. The Bible talks about the peace that passes all understanding. And he says, I know if I die, I'm going to heaven. And the load of sin I was always carrying with me that always would beat me up and say, I'm, I'm no good. It's gone. The load of sin's gone. Jesus forgave me. But he says, there's two cats inside of me. And they fight from the time I get up in the morning till the time I go to bed. They're like this. Fight. And the missionary says, what in the world are you talking about? He says, well, one cat represents the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, living inside of me. And the other cat is my flesh. The old flesh. The flesh always wants to go back doing the same old stuff it always done. And I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the flesh with the Spirit. And they fight from the time I get up in the morning till the time I go to bed. And the missionary asks him, well, which cat usually wins? Here's the wisdom. The old engine chief says, the one I feed the most wins. Huh? If you're feeding the Holy Spirit, if you're in the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, if you're praying, having fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that bond becomes stronger. And that's what controls your life. But if you get out of here hanging around the same old guys that were leading you astray, getting the same old mud and hogmire, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's the wrong women, I don't know. But Satan knows everybody's weak spot. And when you get out of here, he's going to dangle that, that treat right in front of you, whatever your weak spot is, and try drawing you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you're feeding the Spirit, Spirit the Holy Spirit, he's going to win in your life. And you're going to be that new man. The Bible says, Second. Corinthians 5.17, one of my favorite verses. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. How much? All. I love that word all. Huh? It's good, good word tonight. So where do you stand with Jesus Christ? We're going to give an altar call here in just a few minutes. We're going to play Amazing Grace. And if the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart to come forward to get right with Him, you come forward because we talked just a while ago about your heart becoming hardened. 
You want to yield to the Holy Spirit tonight if He's tugging. The Bible says for today is the day of salvation. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Here's what Jesus says too. You know that if word we talked about, if? In Matthew 10.32 and 10.33, Jesus says this. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father which is in heaven. Jesus died openly on the cross in front of everybody. Openly. We need to stand openly for Him. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So, if the Lord's tugging tonight on you, you come forward. Revelations 3.20, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Door your heart. If any man heareth my voice and open that door, I will come into him. If any man, if any man hears my voice and opens that door, I will come into him. Titus chapter 1 verse 11 says this, For the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. All men. All men. And that's my message tonight. All men. And whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're not a whosoever, come up here tonight. If the Lord's tugging as the song plays.